Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're going to talk about self-image. And, you know, this is one of those conversations that um, is I don't know, it's probably best that you are maybe listening alone in your car because I think that, you know, it requires a little bit of like deep introspection sometimes uh, to get really honest with how we see ourselves and how we talk to ourselves because what we believe about ourselves is what happens. Um, we are, you know, there's like so many great quotes, you know, like the, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right, you know? And I think that's just really, I don't know, it's kind of a tenet for my life, I think, is that, you know, your core beliefs really do manifest your actions, which of course then manifest your results. And those beliefs come from thoughts and those thoughts come from like a million different places. Uh, and they are often reactions to something that happens, right? I mean, like I did something the other day and I was like, oh, you dummy. Well, that's that, that's a thought. That's a belief. That's a, a, a judgment of myself in that moment that whatever I did um, required me to say that to myself, right? And those aren't the most healthy thoughts or things to say to yourself. Um, and yes, that is a dog chewing a bone behind you. Um, all right, here's another great, great quote that I like that kind of sets up this conversation. Human beings always act and feel and perform in accordance with what they imagine to be true about themselves and their environment. And that is by Maxwell Maltz. Never heard of him, but it's a super smart quote. And I think what I like about this quote First of all, of course, I already, you know, agree with the fact that like we we act, feel and perform in accordance with what we imagine to be true about ourselves for sure. But I like that he adds in the environment, because how often do we have a preconceived notion or an opinion of a certain trial environment or even the like, oh, you know, my dog doesn't do well on that footing, or I don't like the crating area there, it stresses my dog out, or like all of these other notions that may or may not be true, by the way, but it doesn't matter if they're true because you believe them to be true, and therefore they are. <laughs> you see how that works? Um, so we all have, you know, a self-image, you know, or an image of ourselves, and a, um, a thought about ourselves, and our subconscious actually works really hard to make sure that the reality fits our self-image. Isn't that fascinating? Um, and so we, because in our brains, we want to be correct. We need things to match up. We like order. We like trends to follow through. We like predictability. So a lot of times we will subconsciously do things, create environments, um, manifest results, 
you know, put in work, don't put in work, um, to make sure that we are matching up with our self-image of ourselves which is fascinating and terrifying to me <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we really want to change our self-image, right? We really want to evolve, right? We really want to, I mean, you're here because you want to change your mental game or improve your performance in the ring. And, you know, if you have a self-image that you are not good at something and you keep repeating that thought and that thought becomes a belief and then that belief really starts to impact your results, you can start to see that it's also happening on a subconscious level. Okay, in a way you're you're doubling down, right? Because your subconscious is like determined to make that thought true. And the good news is is also works as well in reverse, right? So when we change what we're saying to ourselves and we change those internal thoughts, our subconscious will work really hard to make that true also. So it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of positive. We just have to turn it around so that this a mechanism, I guess I'll call it, is working in our favor, right? It's working for us, not against us, all right? The other thing when we talk about self-image and how we see ourselves is, and we talked a little bit about this on previous podcasts, is that, you know, we have to pick a belief that we can really get behind. If we pick something that is kind of too far away whether it's too far from reality or too far into the future or, you know, too far out of our control. Sometimes our, like our bullshit detector goes on and we're like, that's not even close, right? If I'm sitting here with, you know, $5 in my bank account and I'm telling myself I'm a millionaire, um, that is where I'd like to be, (laughs) obviously. Um, But if I'm telling myself I'm a millionaire with $5 in my bank account, my bullshit, my internal bullshit detector is going to go on because it's going to go like, that's not really true. You know, if you say I'm working towards or you, you frame something where there's a milestone or stepping stone in between your current situation and your desired belief. So maybe it's I'm working toward becoming a millionaire or I'm one one lottery number away from becoming a millionaire or whatever it is that you can get behind. That's where we can start to change our self-talk in a direction that allows our self-conscious to get behind and help us out, right? It's like that little like invisible magical boost, right? That helps us in that direction. So one way that we can get that rolling in the right direction is through the use of mantras. So what is a mantra? It's not just some like woo-woo sort of like foo-foo thing. It is a a phrase. So just think of it as a phrase. A mantra is just a phrase that holds your belief and maybe your desires or what you want to believe about yourselves. All right. So we want to um, make it something, again, that is helpful that is perhaps a stepping stone if, you know, what we're saying is kind of too far afield. But we want to make sure that um, it's just something we can get behind and can be true and we feel like we are in control of it. For instance, if you say, I am the most talented dog handler in the world and really sit with it, say it a few times to yourself, I'm the most most talented dog trainer in the world. I'm the most talented dog trainer in the world. I'm the most talented dog trainer in the world. And ponder that for a minute. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel it's true? Do you feel it's crazy? Do you feel it's too far afield? Do you feel it's accurate? 
where did you land? Okay. So this is kind, this is kind of a great example of a great place to start because if I say that to myself, I'm like, I mean, am I the most talented dog trainer in the world? No, I, I don't think that that's, that's where my magic is, right? I think I'm much better at the mental game than I am maybe at training my dogs, you know? Um, I think that there's probably, you know, a dozen people I've met that are better than I am and doesn't more than that. What am I saying? And like hundreds more that I haven't met, right? So I probably can't really get behind that as a mantra. But if I say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm improving every, my handling skills improve with every single practice, with every single session with my dogs, my handling skills improve with every single session with my dogs, even if it's a five minute session, I can absolutely get behind that because I am improving. And I believe now that I am improving with every session. And truthfully, that helps you grab that, you know, stick of cheese and head out there for geez, even for five minutes, because you know that with every training session, your handling skills are improving, then it makes it worth it to get your butt off the couch, walk by the refrigerator, grab some cheese and head out for five minutes, or just play in your living room while the voice plays in the background, right? So it becomes motivating. So we want to make sure that the thought fits, like it's almost like taking our self-image um, into our growth zone, right? So you've heard me talk before about comfort zones and growth zones. And if we say like, if I say, you know, I'm an average handler, that's probably uh, a comfort zone thought, right? Because I'm comfortable defending that, you know, I probably have the the skills or the titles or the record or whatever to sort of defend that like I'm an average handler. If I say I'm the best handler in the world, I'm that's going to feel like a risk zone sort of thing because I feel like pretty easily someone can poke a hole in that. If I say I am improving with every training session as a handler, now I'm in my growth zone. I am pushing myself to become better with every training session and it is believable and it is an appropriate sort of mantra, goal, thought for me to have in terms of me growing and improving as a handler. Is that making sense? So when you're thinking about what is your self-talk and what are the things that you, your self-image and how you want to impact that, put it in terms of a skill that you can build, first of all, because you can, and then also put it in terms of, okay, what's a comfort zone thought? What's a growth zone thought? And what would be kind of a high risk thought that my bullshit detector might go off on? Okay. So I think it's interesting to think of it in those terms. All right. So I am going to just randomly read off some of these, some uh, potentially some like different phrases, again, mantras, whatever. And I want you to think about which ones you can get behind. And even if you can get behind it 50%, all right, let's say 50% or better. All right. So I am a great handler. I am a talented dog trainer. I'm a great athlete. I'm a hard worker. I am resilient. I never quit. I train harder than anyone else. All right. Any of those resonate with you? For me, the standout, of course, is I am resilient. I am, I am very resilient. I can get behind that like 100%. No problem. 
All right. That one, I'm, it's probably even a comfort zone for me, right? If I say I'm a hard worker, if I look at that one, I'm like, eh, sometimes I am. <laughs> sometimes I'm downright lazy. Sometimes I, you know, self-admonishing because I'm not working hard enough at it. Um, I never quit. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, it's that we'll put that one at maybe 80%, 70, 80%, right? So you can kind of see just through those examples, if I say I'm a great handler, I'm kind of like, meh, yeah, it depends on the sport. I'm better in some sports than others. Uh, if I say I train harder than anyone else, my bullshit detector is absolutely going off on that one. I'm a great athlete. Mm, definitely not. <laughs> um, so my point is in sharing those is just to kind of like get your reaction. Where's your self-image landing? And most importantly, where do you want it to land? How do you want to see yourself? What do you want your self-image to be? And sometimes it's easier to start with, okay, how do I want others to see me? Or how do I want, um, you know, people at agility trials to see me or people at obedience trials to see me or people I train with or my friends, you know, maybe you need to get more specific, but how do you want to be seen? What do you want to be true of yourself? And I do believe that self-image is so important because if, if I give you all of these skills, like if you listen to every podcast on repeat and you do all the things and all the homework, yet you don't believe um, any of these things to be true or you don't believe you're improving, then again, going back to that old adage, that old quote, then you're right. Okay. So we need to change what we believe about ourselves. We need to change our self image. We need to change when we look in the mirror, what do we see? There's a new book out by Mel Robbins. Um, I think it's called The High Five Habit. Um, I think that's right. And uh, Mel Robbins is a um, inspirational, like a motivational speaker. She's had TV shows. She's had some other books that I've, I've really liked. Uh, the 54321 is kind of her habit of like getting you motivated and getting you out, out of the bed in the morning. And one of the things she proposes or she really encourages everybody to do is to high five themselves in the mirror whenever you pass by a mirror. And let me tell you, it is an awkward AF thing to do. <laughs> It feels so awkward. It's just one of those things that like you look in yourself and you're like, hey, I love you, you know, which is another thing that other I've heard other motivational pe people try to tell to say you love yourself and um, high five or whatever. And it feels awkward. However, when you do it with conviction, it really has an impact on your energy. And so I would encourage you to do it, even whether or not you read the book or listen to the book. Um, but to high five yourself and be like, yeah, we got this. I, I believe in you. I believe in that person in the mirror starts to change your thoughts, which change your beliefs. And when you do that, now your subconscious starts to get behind you in these things. So whether it is a high five habit that you start and you start thinking of yourself just generally in a better frame of mind, or whether you adopt a mantra, whether it's one of these or something that is more personal to you, um, then you, you start to really think differently. All right. So we want to understand um, what it is that you want to change about yourself, right? So if you think of yourself right now as a nervous handler, right? And you say, okay, well, I want to not be nervous. I want to be a confident handler. And so if you say to yourself, I'm a confident handler, I'm a confident handler, 
And um, I would say that for everybody, that should be growth. That should not be a high risk statement Um, because we are getting more confident every day and we are always confident in some things more than other things, right? No matter what. So repeating that and, and literally sitting in your car and having a quiet moment and breathing that sort of in and out for, you know, five, 10 times really does start to shift your overall belief system. And I really would recommend that, all right? If you can't get from, I'm a nervous handler to I'm a confident handler, then maybe you choose something a little more in the middle. Like, I'm a more confident handler than I was last week. I'm, I'm a more confident handler every day. Uh, I'm a very confident handler at this, at this training facility or at this, um, at this trial location. Um, I, you know, you see what I'm saying? I don't have to go through all the the iterations. You get it. Um, um, that then becomes a mantra, but you have to, the power of mantras and the, the reason mantras work. So in, in a meditation environment, a mantra would be something, a short phrase, and it could be one word even, um, like OM. Some people are familiar with hearing OM when they meditate. That is considered a mantra, and it is something that you would say over and over again. And what you want is your mind to focus on that word or phrase. So if I want to become a more confident handler, then by saying, I'm a more confident handler today than yesterday. I'm a more confident handler every day. I'm a more confident handler every day. It literally is what your mind focuses on. So there is a lot of power in coming up with these mantras and using them, whether you're driving to a trial, whether you're having a quiet moment, a little moment of introspection in the car, maybe you're getting your mind right in the morning before you go and you're doing a breathing exercise and you want to add a mantra like this. Um, I think that's a great place to do that and to really start to rewire your thoughts which we rewire your beliefs and your subconscious because now your subconscious is going to start to look for evidence. Uh, it's not dissimilar to when we say, oh, I, you know, that, that old thing about like, uh, you know, I haven't seen a, a yellow VW in ages and sure enough, all of a sudden you start seeing them. You're like, how did that happen? Well, it's just hard. It happened because you told your mind to pay attention. You know, you told your mind, they, they call it your RAS, R-A-S, your RAS is on. They, um, your, your RAS is on now for yellow VWs, yellow beetles. And so now you start seeing them, okay? And it's only because you told your mind to pay attention. Well, that's what this is doing. I'm telling my mind to pay attention to evidence that I'm a more confident handler. I'm telling my mind to, and my subconscious to look for ways to make that true. Does that make sense? So I want you to think about what it is that you want to make true and what you need help from your self-conscious about or what you need help from, you know, mantras or, you know, phrases. And, you know, this can be something that, you know, you write on the back of your hand, not even in like, I'm a big handwriter. Like I write on the palm of my hand all the freaking time. Um, But you write it on the back of your hand. So you have to see it. You know, you write, maybe you whittle it down to a word, you know, that means, means a whole, a whole bunch of thoughts and you just constantly look at it and remind yourself of it. Maybe it's a sticky on the bathroom mirror, um, you know, or maybe it's a three by five card that's in your training bag and you are just constantly reminding it of yourself and how you can make that true. So what I would like you to think about is what is it that you want to make true? 
All right. So um, we're going to talk a little more about this, but I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. All right, I promise to make this super quick, but I've got to tell you what's going on in the Q membership. Each month, we tackle a different theme. In April, for instance, we took a look at our program, from what we feed to how we train. In July and August, the members are basically beta testing an entire masterclass on performing under pressure. And the last week of every month, we have a Zoom a group coaching call where we talk about the theme of the month, but we also get personal in terms of, you know, if there's a challenge that one of the members is facing that they want to talk about. The link to the membership is always in the show notes and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual, please be sure to put in the code QPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get an additional month for free. Just my gift for listening. And don't forget, when you sign up, you get access to all the content going all the way back to April 2021, so you can binge to your heart's content. All right, enough about that. Let's get back to the show. All right. We are back. All right. So we left off thinking about, and hopefully you were thinking about that, even though, you know, commercial and the membership was playing and yes, you should join the membership because it's fabulous. Um, but, um, and by the way, this week, month in October in the membership, we are talking about like puppies, young dogs, green dogs. And so we're having some really, you know, fun conversations about, um, what we can be doing with our younger or green dogs. So that's kind of fun. All right. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, we kind of were talking about how we want to, our subconscious and our mantras and our beliefs and our thoughts are going to try to make that true. You know, whatever it is that we believe, it's going to try to back it up with facts. So let's talk about um, something that can be very impactful and that's outside influences, right? We go to a trial, it is wall to wall with outside influences, right? So people trying to give their opinions or their unsolicited advice perhaps, or, you know, maybe you don't have a great run. And so you're like, oh, well, clearly I'm not a, you know, a more confident handler because I just screwed that up. Um, and so that sneaks back in and so forth, or someone says something or makes a comment about your dog or, you know, I mean, you, you got it, all the things, all the things that happen at trials. So this is where I would, I always suggest having kind of a visual that has like sort of like armors you up. You know, I've, I've put myself in a, in a pink bubble before, right? That everything else bounces off of us, but me and my dog are in the bubble and nothing can hurt us there, right? Um, just a visual or that you're like, you know, you put on your like Wonder Woman cuffs and you can just deflect everything that comes because the truth is, is that we can work on our self image, but we don't work on it in a vacuum. We don't work on it in a bubble. It's not just us. If we could just trial in our backyards and not have anybody else's like opinions or, um, or even incidents or things happen and we could just be on our own. Oh my God, the perfection that would ensue. It would be amazing. So, the truth is, is we live in a world where things happen and we live in environments and we travel to other environments that are unfamiliar even sometimes. So we have to be kind of prepared for how we are going to take our self-image into the world and how we are going to protect it. Because when we go on a path of change, and I don't care what the topic is, it could be dog handling or it could be... Um, you know, at work, right? You're trying to, um, 
evolve or something. You're trying to uh, become someone else, or maybe you're trying to like, I don't know, quit an addiction, right? And you're trying to let go of a past and, you know, people still see you in the old way, right? Um, you know, there are people, there, a really common thing, uh, a really common analogy or a really common thing that shows up for people, uh, for instance, when they lose a lot of weight, is that they still internally see themselves as a, quote, fat person, end quotes. Um, and that's still how they see themselves, even though, you know, they, they lost 100 pounds, you know, during the pandemic or something, right? And so again, self-image, self-image, self-image. And it's that fact that, well, other people still see me this way or, um, you know, my friends from high school still see me this way or kind of whatever, you know what I'm talking about. So we have to also, as we're doing any work that is like this inside work, we have to think about how we're going to, um, I'm going to say protect ourselves while we get to evolve and how we're going to hold those boundaries and what we're going to allow or not allow as we go through um, this change and this evolution and how we get to tell ourselves that like, no, we're changing and we're evolving and some people are going to go with me on this ride and some people are not. And I'm not saying you're going to lose a bunch of friends when you become a confident handler. Um, but I think that you have to be prepared that not everybody wants us to change because the other people like us in a certain box as well, because then we're predictable to them. Then they know how to interact with us or they know what to expect. But sorry, not my problem if you, if the other person, you know, wants me to be a certain way, but I'm really trying to grow. So I want you to think about that, not in terms of like, oh, my terrible friends, I need all new friends, but in terms of the fact that like when we decide to embark on changing ourselves from the inside out and seeing ourselves differently, right? Ch seeing a, To embark on changing your self-image or any belief that you have about yourself um, is, is a big thing, right? This is not a light, easy moment, right? Where you can listen to one podcast and be, you know, be forever different. So this is going to be a journey. And some people are still going to look at you in your old version while you are trying to evolve into this new version or this new opinion or this new image of yourself. So I want you to be um, not defensive because it's not their fault, right? You're going, you're doing all this great inside work. They, on some level, are probably jealous to see you evolving in such a wonderful way. But you just have to be cognizant of that not everybody is going to get it. And that's okay. And you have to, instead of being defensive, just have compassion for the fact that they don't understand your journey and that your journey is your own. And then hopefully it will make you more compassionate to others who are trying to change, better, improve, whatever, themselves as well. And um, it's great if we can be these wonderfully perfect, compassionate human beings who can meet the other person where they are in that moment and kind of not bring the past forward. But that's just really hard to do and in a lot of cases might be really, really unrealistic. But my point is, is that while others' opinions does, does not change your image of yourself or it shouldn't. So when you feel that happening, when you feel their opinions or their comments or whatever, getting through your protective bubble layer, you know, it's time to use those Wonder Woman cuffs and deflect and say, you know what, 
that's who I was. It's not who I am anymore. Or I don't see myself that way anymore. You know, there's a, um, the phrase gaslighting is a, is a really popular um, phrase right now. And basically it just is a word to describe, you know, some of these people who are, you know, either trying to egg you on or trying to get to trying to reframe a, um, a reality, you know, and you can easily say, you know, like, you know, I don't see myself that way anymore, or I'm working on myself, or, you know, I guess we see that, that reality differently, or, you know, have some things in case you get, you think you might get triggered, have some responses ready to go, because that will make you feel more in control and more protected. And it will make you feel safe while you go through this journey. So, you know, when you think about, and sorry, corny alert, but if you think about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, okay, um, one thing that I think is really interesting, well, there's a lot of things that's really interesting about that process, but while they're in that metamorphous state, they are protected, okay? They are in this cocoon that is layers and layers and layers and layers of protection. And what a what an honor, what a joy, how lucky, how fortunate is that being that they get to go through that tremendous metamorphosis protected. And so we don't always have that luxury. We sometimes there are outside influences, like I said, from handlers to other exhibitors to, I don't know, trainers, whatever, like the list is long. Um, and so we don't necessarily have protection in when we change and people will try to make us who we were. So I want you to be compassionate with yourself. I want you to stay committed to this journey of evolving your self-image. I want you to, you know, every time you get like triggered or upset by something that's some, some, something else that happens in your environment, whether from a person or a, a situation that happens, I want you to like, you know, go back to a safe space or your car or whatever and take those deep breaths and repeat that mantra or that phrase and stay committed to working on your self-image. Because at the end of the day, a lot of our mental management, our, you know, mental game, our ability to perform under pressure you know, comes down to how we see ourselves and what our self-image is. If I do think of myself as like a tremendous handler and I walk into the ring with that attitude, then my subconscious is going to try to make it through, make that true. And I'm going to have more confidence in that run. So it does matter. It does impact our mental game. It does impact our performance. It's just one of the hardest things to do. And sometimes what it starts with is admitting how you see yourself today. And sometimes that is sad for people or sometimes that is jarring for people. Um, but I think what's interesting is, that, okay, that's how I see myself today, but I'm going to change that and be really as committed to changing that as you are to, you know, learning how to do a, you know, a skill or something else that you're practicing three times a day, right? You've got to stay committed to that journey. It's a journey. It ain't easy. Like I said, other people are going to have opinions about it. Not everybody is going to come along on your journey and that's okay. Um, but you have to see that you are doing it for the long haul and that it's you are worth investing in. Okay. So I want to see you evolve your self image. I want to see all of us evolve our self image and just continue to get better and better and invest in ourselves and do for ourselves what we need in order to get there. Right. That is my desire for you. Okay. 
kind of deep, kind of heavy this week, but um, I just believe self-image is that important. So with that, I will leave you to your car ride or the rest of your day or your trial this weekend. And I just really want you to think about your self-image, how you see yourself, you know, maybe grab Mel's book and start high-fiving yourself in every mirror you see and just really take those steps uh, toward being the person and having the self-image and the opinion of yourself that you want to have. All right? Okay, that is it for this week. And as always, I hope you have a fantastic, wonderful, super casual super califragilistic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.